You're listening to Source Fabric FM, and I'm here with Alan Levine from DS106, and he's going to tell us about uh, digital storytelling. Excellent. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's a class that originated at University of Mary Washington in Virginia, and it's technically CPSC 106, Computer Science. Uh, but the class is about digital storytelling, and people learn how to uh, create all kinds of media, but also how to inhabit and manage their own space on the web. And since January of 2011, it's also been offered as an open course to anybody who wants to follow along and do similar work at ds106.us. And I like to remind people that the U.S. is for us, not United States, uh, because we have people from around the world participating. And over time, uh, it's gotten uh, a number of other classes that attach themselves to our site. So the way it works is each student, um, each enrolled student at the university has to uh, get a domain and their own web hosting, which actually now the university provides an interesting uh, experiment. Uh, but the idea is that students uh, create their own space instead of one provided by the school. And any open participant can use any blogging platform with the idea that you write and publish and talk about your work in your personal space, and then we aggregate it by RSS into a large community site, which is ds106.us. And mainly, we just encourage this incredible explosion of creativity. So we want people to learn how to express themselves in the form of uh, visual, design, audio, uh, video, and remix. So what made you take this uh, computer science class and uh, change it into digital storytelling? What, what brought about that transformation? Well, actually, it is on the books as a digital, digital storytelling class. But in, in education, the usual frame for that is uh, a video format. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, a, it's been popularized by the Center for Digital Storytelling. It's a movement that kind of grew out of the theater um, environment in Berkeley. And the frame for that is usually a personal story about uh, my colleague who started the class, Jim Groom, kind of teases it. It's about the time when your dog you know, ran away when you are a kid and how you learned a lesson from that. And it's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And when Jim was the first one to teach this class, uh, took it over with this idea about putting it on the web, uh, he felt it really should break out of that mold of being just video mm -hmm. and explore all kinds of media creativity and also the kinds that are unique to the web in terms mm -hmm. of being nonlinear and being able to remix content and things that you necessarily can't do in a video frame. And the whole idea about all the work that people do goes out on the public internet for people to comment and also mm. remix upon that. Berkeley is not only a creative school, but of course has a long tradition of um, open source software and uh, releasing that software to um, the, the world at large. Indeed, indeed. So is this um, a fairly unique course in um, fusing the storytelling and the software development aspect? In a way, it is. There's a lot of popularity now in education. I don't know. If, have you heard of this thing called a MOOC? Oh, yes. The Massively yeah. Online uh, course. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it, it's becoming common uh, to be understood. And the way it's played out, usually it's this class taught by a superstar um, Harvard or Yale or many you know, institution professors uh, to thousands and thousands of people. And uh, the original MOOC actually originated by some educators up in Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, in theirs was a, mo a model closer to ours where people um, create media in all kinds of places and it comes together. Uh, the MOOCs you hear about these days are almost more of a, a broadcast model. Mm -hmm. And although they're open, anybody can go in. If you're not part of that experience, you can't see what's going on in that class. 
And so, I mean, we, we try to model the behavior of what is uh, valuable about the open web. Uh, so we don't get rid of anybody's content. Um, actually, they manage it, so it's up to them whether it stays alive. Um, but also, we're completely open. So if you're not part of our experience, you can come in and look at it. If you miss the first three weeks, you're not, like, behind and you get worried about dropping out. So we have people, we call them drive-bys, and they may come in and just do one assignment. And so we try to get people involved in ways that fit with them instead of the ways that we decide. So how do you um, keep track of the students? How do you interact with them? Well, uh, at the University of Mary Washington, I've taught it uh, both uh, in person. So Mm -hmm. standard, you know, students come to class, but they're still doing their work on their website. We've also done it online. So, you know, I subscribe to their their blogs and I I see when they write new things and then I comment on them. Uh, The main communication uh, that has emerged is uh, on Twitter as Mm -hmm. PoundDS106. And that's become kind of like the the main community space. So what students find out uh, in the classes or as open participants, if they have a question, they just ask it on Twitter. And usually um, it gets my attention pretty quickly as a teacher and my other colleagues. I'm not the only one who teaches it. But also the community tends to answer it before I do. So uh, and then there's this mingling of there's some students who are registered for a course and uh, it's also being taught at places like uh, York College in New York City and in the past it's been taught at Temple University in Japan. Different courses that overlap uh, in addition to these open participants who are doing this own thing. So it's, it's, it's a larger community than just one course. So um, when did you decide to um, use Airtime and uh, put some of your uh, media out there in a streaming format? Yeah, it wasn't even planned. Uh, the, the way we tend to evolve things is we grow them as ideas happen. So we've had this infrastructure of, you know, our main site is WordPress-based, open source, and we use plugins to aggregate content in. And when Jim first taught the course openly, people said, you have to have something synchronous. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people in education, that means something like webinar software, where Mm -hmm. if you're the teacher, you're the guy who talks, you get the microphone, the participants get that little box in the corner to have some chat. But more than that, when it, when the lecture or session is done, it goes off the air. And uh, Jim was really fascinated with uh, discussing with other people. And also, he's a big fan of uh, radio format. Uh, you know, the old-time radio stories, you know, going way back you know, to the beginning of storytelling as audio, but also you know, War of the Worlds and current things that people do in terms of creating rich narrative in, in sound only. And he just said about a week before the class on Twitter, he said, what we really need is a radio station. And our colleague, Grant Potter, who uh, works for University of Northern British Columbia, a brilliant kind of tech tinker musician, uh, said, I've been working on something like this. I think I can do it over the weekend. So he found a streaming provider uh, that provided unlimited uh, bandwidth. And our first time around, we used, uh, I think it was CentovaCast as the station management software. And it was just a year ago that we switched to airtime because uh, Grant really felt like the ability for people to uh, program uh, shows and things like that was was really versatile. So we've been slowly evolving our understanding uh, of using airtime and and trying to help people understand uh, how to use it. But at this point... We've got enough people in the community who know and are interested in who go in and they uh, either upload new content or they use uh, the content we already have and just make sure that we've got something 
being um, programmed so there's music on it all the time like a radio station should be but we also do this where we give out um, the login for the IceCast server mm -hmm. so anybody can jump in with a live broadcast so I'm broadcasting now with the Papaya app on my iPhone and so we've had people um, there's a guy named Brian Jackson who teaches a high school class in Vancouver he teaches philosophy or, and also music. So he, he broadcasts his class sometimes, and that way people get to add value to his class because they can um, send him a Twitter message. That's how we communicate to our, our DJs. We say pound DS106 radio, and if you're broadcasting, you kind of pay attention to that. So we have kind of a, a feedback channel. Uh, the guy who was teaching the class in Japan in 2011, uh, Scott Lowe, he was, Scott Lockman was... Apparently, he was the first podcaster in Japan, <laughs> Scott Lowe Radio, and he came on uh, because he heard about DS-106, and he was actually uh, there broadcasting when the Tokyo earthquakes happened, and he still had his electricity and internet, and he kind of shared almost in real time what was going on, and this kind of bit of getting windows into people's lives or where they are has been made it like almost a better personal connector than any kind of software so we've got a group there's maybe 40 or 50 people in the world who have broadcast at least once uh, but many do it often so we've got a guy Nigel Robertson in New Zealand who comes on uh, he always says he's from the future because of the time zone and he does these great music sets uh, plays a lot of New Zealand music um, mm -hmm. and he, he never really talks on the radio but he just DJs and announces what he's playing through Twitter and so we got people who do music. We have people, I think it was Sun yesterday, who do like ambient sounds. And they just experiment what's, what's it possible, <laughs> what's possible when you're able to sort of share your real time environment. So in this case, you know, I'm here at this conference uh, having a discussion with you. Uh, people sometimes will stream like a keynote or a conference session. Uh, people will share when they go out to a club so you can hear local music. And then there's people like uh, our friend Dr. Garcia in Chicago who does a lot of this kind of narration of her life as she goes around town. So uh, it, it, it becomes a very personal connection through this uh, informal radio. So are you looking to work with more educators? And, uh, oh, absolutely, kind of yeah, yeah. We have our site set up. So if you were teaching a class that was not necessarily the same as ours but involves something where students are creating media and you want to have them send their blog URLs to our site, we'll feed your students working with ours, and we can actually then segment it out so there'll be a page with just the content for your class as well as the content for everybody. So we have, right now I think we have about 700 feeds. Uh, we leave them in there, you know, until they don't work anymore. Um, so, um, you know, and people sometimes don't publish, you know, very often, but, uh, you know, we've had as many as about five or six different official classes at any one time. And right now, um, the University of Mary Washington, um, no one really wanted to teach it right now. It, it does kind of burn you out, it's very intense. And um, I had this idea because for people who have joined openly, it's sort of confusing because there's a lot of activity. We have a lot of parts of the site. We have a, a daily create challenge mm -hmm. that we put out every day. And so, but if you just heard about DS106 and you went there, it's a little bit disorienting because there's so many different things going on. So I thought, what if we took, we've got five or six iterations that the class has been taught before and republished uh, the weekly assignments. 
so there's a schedule out there, and right now we're in week nine, I think. Mm-hmm. And just said, if you want to do this with a group, so and um, but I said, no one's teaching us, and uh, so I'm basically just setting up the post on WordPress to make sure things work on, on the back end. And someone coined the word, this is a headless class, right. before we started. And then we had people creating, like, you know, animated GIFs and, and videos of, um, of headless, very, not, not really anything gruesome, but they, they played with this funny headless term. Uh, which is not to say you can teach a class without a teacher. Right. But, I mean, we've had people teach it for a number of years, but it's been an interesting experiment. And there are maybe 80 people who signed up, and maybe a third of them uh, are active, and just about... See, a week ago, they finished a two-week project where we, we have them form teams, and they work collaboratively at a distance to create a radio show. And we had four teams uh, produce them, and we streamed them live over our radio station uh, last Tuesday night, and then we put them on into the rotation so people can hear them again. And, and I have to say that the production um, this time around was really exceptional because the people who are in this, you know, you get kind of a mixed bag when students do it. Um, but the people who are in this uh, on their own interest have a really strong motivation. And, and I was just incredibly impressed with the quality of the shows that they did. So if people want to check this out, they need to go to ds106.us? Yeah, ds106.us. Yeah, DS106.us. There, there's the main site, which has the course information. There's a thing that we call the Daily Create, uh, which is linked off of there, which every day we publish a new challenge. Like So today, since I'm at Mozilla, um, Mozilla Fest, uh, I created one that is um, draw or create an image uh, that creates a positive annotation for the word hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they're audio, sometimes they're video, sometimes they're writing. And the idea that give people like a daily thing they can do like exercise to uh, extend their creativity. We have an assignment bank, an open assignment bank, so when we teach the class we have about 600 assignments that our community has created. and. Anybody can create a new assignment. So I'm running a session in the scrums where I'm asking people to try one of our assignments and then submit a new one for other people to do. So instead of me saying, this week in DS106, everybody has to do this audio assignment, they can go in and say, pick the ones that they want to do, and each one has a crowdsource difficulty rating. And if, and if you don't like our assignments, then you have to make one that, that's better. So we've, we've kind of grown these different uh, parts to the site all along. And some people will just come in. Some teachers just get an assignment idea, and they just use it like that. Some just will do daily create. There's some people who are just love the radio community, and so people have different ways that they, they plug into this. And to me, that's, that's about as open as, as you can be. Let people decide what kind of experience they want. And uh, don't make people feel bad if they, quote-unquote, drop out. So dropout has no... Um, meaning in our community in fact we have a, a hashtag that we often add a f- pound for life you know ds106 is for life and and people get they get caught up in it and um even our students who have taken it for credit a number of them will come back years later or months later and they still maybe will do assignments or they'll respond to things on twitter so it's it's more of a community than a class well alan thank you very much hey thank you daniel we love airtime. 